So we've been miyachid to to be misbehaving in the life of somebody who either was killed in the war or lived through it, and a lot of it forged uh, the person who he is and what he did and what he said. We want to understand what we lost, who we lost, the 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 Russian that we lost. We want to be explaining in the different area of their understanding of what they went through, because they're the, they're the ones whose terror is the terror of that kufa, and that's why we reacted and this came for that. The person I'd like to focus on this year was somebody named Gershon Lidman. Gershon Lidman was from the big Navaric Tamidim. He never saw the Alta Navaric, but was um, from that next door of big Tamidim. It's possible, we don't know that much, but in Europe already, he was considered from the big Navaric Tamidim. He went through the war with incredible stories. Just uh, the seers of the person. At the after the war, he settled in France and rebuilt France with probably fifty moistus, easy, if not more, with thousands and thousands of Tamidim. He was the one who triggered the rejuvenation of Yiddishkeit and was an incredible person. Um, I was there to see him once, at least once I remember, maybe another time. Um, and his one of the a, a who had learned in Shiva by him, an American who had learned in Shiva by him actually was a Chavar by him. And uh, he used to tell me stories about it and so on. That's my Kesha. They wrote up and they put out a safe with a shmuzu called Degelam Musser and Bader Chachayim or Bader Chaim. And that's what we have from him. And th- this life was an incredible life. And it's not. He and his Bismedrish is not here anymore. I'll try a little bit to, 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 to get some sense of it. He was born in 1905. And he was born in Siddisha Holmes. Father was a square Hasid. Um, he uh, became somehow, it became um, swept into the Vardak. The Vardak had, had a, it was a movement that making yeshivas, they would come to a town, it would be Yasser Yeshiva, and they would grab every kid they saw on the street and put him into the yeshiva. Um, and he was one of the uh, different city yeshivas told me that Chsidisha, the Chassidim did not have the understanding of making yeshivas, and this other person told me also he was a Chassidish Bacha who was not going to go to yeshiva, and the Vadik slept him in and became the Vadika, and so on. So he was one of those boys, and he became swept up in the Vardik. To understand what the Vardik was, the Vardik was a movement that their one motto was Emis Anasayf. And with a tremendous Kitsanius, the last, the dying words of the Alton Vadik was to fight to the end for Emis. The, um, they, they, they live with Bitochim in extreme ways that we couldn't fathom. They ripped each other to shreds 
they had all sorts of vadim and different, they had a whole slew of activities where people would give each other teichacha in the sharpest ways possible. And tremendous hisrachkis from anything that was gashmius. And my, my father told me he was never invited to Shiva, but they would, they, would, they would go to eat, and then somebody would get up and say that now is the time for breaking the taiva, and they'd sit down after a long, hard day to some meager supper, and would get up without touching it. Extraordinary, extreme avoida on being merachic themselves from anything of Olam Hazer, food covered, tremendous um, being mashful themselves, um, not a- anything that we could associate really Olam Hazer with a tremendous kitzonius. And they were very into our Batsas Torah and Zika Rabbi. They went around making yeshivas in every town possible. And like I said before, it, 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 it sounds to us almost today like a fairy tale. They would, they would two bachim would decide, they had all would decide, two bachim are ready for Batsas Torah. They would tell them, uh, okay, you know, they would pick a town on a map, go there, they would get a one-way ticket, they would come, they would give a, they would grab all the kids they found on the streets, do nothing, whatever, bring them to the shul and announce that they're starting yeshiva. And then collect for, for the meal, they would go around collecting food for it. Incredible, um, incredible on hugs. Um, Amitsus, they called it, was courage, not to care what other people think, tremendous sense of not caring what the world thinks, Caring only about the emis. Those were all part and parcel of the Vayik. It was an extremely demanding movement, an extraordinary fire of emis, kitsonius, and this was Reb Gershon's cradle. And this is where he grew up in, and he was known already, Beshaitoy, as being one of the most fiery of them. We don't know much about his early history. But the war came, and he ended up in the Vilna Ghetto. The, um, in the Vilna Ghetto, he started a yeshiva. Starting a yeshiva in a ghetto was something that he was risking the life with. It wasn't clearly also, it wasn't clearly muta, and he kept, he had 30, 40 boys learning. And we have testimony from none from sources about it. And they were amazed at it. And, he, you know, there, there was, he, he was there schlepping kids, finding some way to get them food and so on, because if you didn't work, you didn't get food and so on, and kept a yeshiva going there. He was, um, he got married in 1940, and the, um, in, in, and uh, his, and a few months afterwards, his wife was sent off to be killed. In 1940, wh- what happened was they were in Vilna. Vilna had first been, in the, had gone to commun- it had become independent for a few months, then became communist, then became German. And 
when it became communist, um, Reb Gershon and the communists were achas to get rid of all frumkai, all terror, anything like it. And a few Nevarika got together, Chabur and Nevarika got together, and um, the, 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 the one who was speaking um, took out a Sefer Torah and held it when he spoke. When, it, when he finished, the Oilam was extraordinarily moved, and they swore on the Sefer Torah that they'll forever remain in learning. It was an incredible moment. Reb Gershon was part of that Chabura. It was a summation. When everybody was worried about how to remain alive, and my were a group of people that, that were Isaac, Nishpat Vakayema, and they needed to reinforce it with a Shvua and a Sefer Torah that shifted Beis Hashem called Mechayim. They sent to Rebchaim Oyezer, Rebchaim Oyezer was his last month's, um, they, that all yeshivas should do it, all yeshivas at that time were Vilna, and the answer, the way it's quoted is, Rebchaim Oyezer said, maybe they should, but only the Vardikas could. It, to, to, it, it required a certain type of of gvuras um, nefesh and mitzvah Let's be onwards. And only somebody that was raised like that could do that. He the ghetto was liquidated, and there were many nisim with him in this bochum kochem yeshiva, and they started the trek of concentration camps. He was first in Estonia in a concentration camp, and um, in, in Germany, two or three concentration camps. His stories in concentration camps are beyond believable. The first Shabbos, the couple said, going to work, you know, watching Rav Tvart, and Reb Gershon, and Gershon said, Shabbos, I don't work. He didn't spare any words. And he and, and he and he pushed it, beat him to a pulp, and he didn't go to work. And he and he said he was made himself that he never was Mahal Shabbos in the camps. There was a minic in the Vardic that it's based on this. this is what's called the Rivets um, Tainus, which is that instead of facing a tainus, which is not good for you and so on, leaving over something in your plate, especially something that you like, is like a tainus. It's a kfir sayetza, doesn't, doesn't uh, check your health. In the mail, it's, it's a good thing. Nevada <coughs> has done a lot. The people with Ergeshu were made that he never ever finished his piece of bread or whatever in the camps. He left over a quarter or a third, depending on the situation. And they asked him once, why? And he said, you want me to lose my tzalom lakim also? If I can't control myself and I can't say no to food, then I've lost my tzalom lakim. They thought 
So he wanted to give it to others. They thought that he would, and so they, nobody touched it, and he would need it. He, he knew they are playing with him. It went on for a few days, and then they started you know, taking it and giving it out. He was, one of his duties was, um, was serving the SS people. That was, he was like the waiter or something. He walked in, and there was a talus being used as a tablecloth. They had done it, you know. <clears throat> it would, you know, so, so there was a talus spread out on a table of SS officers with food on top of it. He walked over, ripped it out, and tossed all the food on the officers. You know, just ripped out, the thing fell. They beat him dead. And then the officer pointed to two people to take him out. Taking him to the, to, to the mason, they felt that he was still alive. And they brought him back to the barrack instead and, and, and brought him back to life. His, um, he had a quote-unquote minion that went. The minion was, there was no time and place to stand, but when you were laying on the barracks, he would daven He would have ten people answering and so on. The um, his anhogis were incredible anhogis. He had two atmis nefesh from it. One was that he had. Um, there was a boy that. Um, I don't know if this was in the ghetto yet, or the ghetto, or in the first time check, I'm not sure, where um, a, a woman had asked him to, keep, to, to take care of him. He took care of him as a child, and he eventually became free and became a, a vampire and so on. She also asked him to take care of her daughter. There was no way he could keep a girl, it wasn't shy, it wasn't boy's camp, it just wasn't. But he always, whenever we'd speak about him, he would cry and feel maybe he didn't do enough. But there was one thing that gave him um, a lifetime of Agnes Nefesh. There was one of his boys was somebody named Herschel Rice. And he was somebody who was constantly going around doing people, helping tremendous uh, Hasadim. And he was very adept at smuggling food in. And they caught him. And they sentenced him to be shipped off to the to, to the gas chambers. Um, he managed with a group of Bachrim to visit him. And you know, before they went in, they they were working on on, on by the by the railroad. So they so was they could go they could go in. And the Nazi guard told him, I'm warning you, I've counted how many you are going in. And I've counted, and I will count how many going out. And if there's any extra, you're all going to die. They went in, they spoke to the Bacha, and the Bacha wanted to come out with them. And Reb Gershon told him, the Torah asks it. The Torah says, you can't. And the boy accepted it. He walked out, the God was nowhere to be found. In Kol Yomov, Reb Gershon couldn't be Meich himself. He said, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu was expecting a lot more from me. He was expecting Han and I failed him. And they found in his Pincus, um, after he died, a Kabbalah, never to listen to music again because of what he had done. That was his Agnes Nefesh. His, there, there was a story, again, this is, this is um, written, this is from Tim Bramberg, Svoyne and um, Rebbe Yonah Bracha, where he, uh, again, these are atheists for people. There was a Yid who had been, um, had been, and he was in, in a, he was carted off in a wagon with dead people to the gas chambers, to the crematorium, not the gas chambers. He looked dead. Ergeshen thought that he saw, felt some life, and he snuck in to the place where they were holding dead people till the morning and felt him and stroked him and felt that he was still alive. He slept him back, revived him, and this person was not registered, so there was no food. And he took from himself or from others and brought him back to life. Those were on Huggis that were, that, that were, it was Navardic coming out to full bloom in, in the moment when, when it was called for. The camp was liberated. And a day later, two days later, the officer, American English officer, comes, came around to check what's going on. And he sees Reb Gershon learning something, whatever it is. He had, he had a few pages. I don't know what he had there. And he asked him, what is this? So he said, this is it's a yeshiva. It's a, a school. So he said, uh, yeah, who's the head of the school? He says, me. He says, and uh, where's the student body? He says, me. And the soldier looked at the guy with him and he said, you know, it's, it, it, of course, living in a place like this drives people crazy. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, how could a person remain sane in a place like this? And patted him and walked on. Well, he, he maybe was the same, but, 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 his, but his insanity became a reality. He opened up and slept kids, all sorts of kids, assortment of kids, people, Bachem, all sorts, and slowly had the yeshiva, different camps, different deep camps, and so on and so forth. Um, he tried, you know, getting money. He, he, like a few days later, he advertised opening yeshiva with full, full accommodations, food and, and, and uh, sleeping arrangements. And like everything, there, there was, you know, everything was a bit tough. He, um, the, he, you know, different agencies came that provided food and that, and they didn't have, they did not particularly care for him or for what represented. Yiddishkeit and him especially, and especially he, he had no, did not show any uh, cowering to, to authority or to Hasha people. Basically said, this is Shiva. This is this retiree here. He said, yeah, we have to be prepared for life. He said, this is Shiva and it's here. That's it. And I want you to support it. 
It was very, and somehow it went. Somehow it, 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 it was, it, it became. He, um, he went from camp to camp, and at some point he ended, they ended up, like a, lot of, like a lot of refugees ended up in France, and made Shiva and made Shiva there. The, um, and again, it was incredible because all of the agencies that could help or would help had zero interest in helping anything that represented. The, um, but it became. In the next two or three years, people gradually began leaving. They began resetting in America and so on. And he heard someone in a conversation told him that, and he also, he also was going to go to America and reestablish Yeshiva in America. But someone told him that in Casablanca, Morocco, there are 18,000 children, Yiddish children, with zero Jewish education. He got on the next plane and went to Casablanca. He had never seen a Sephardi before, probably. Spoke nothing but Yiddish. Had zero resources. And himself was a beaten man. No, he was a man who was beaten. He was not a beaten man. And my friend told me that his nose had been totally pulverized and was totally recreated. He, he didn't have his results after the beatings. But the 18,000 Yiddish Akinda, 18,000 Yiddish Akinda. And he went from, I don't know what language he spoke, but he went from rub to rub and said, Give me children, give me, give me. And he demanded. And he would say, this was his mantra, How will I come to Shemayim and I won't have, I, I, I won't bring the children with me? Where are they? And something began. And then, Politically, the um, those countries with with the state of Israel, so those countries became inhospitable to Jews. They were all Francophone countries. They were countries that had different arrangements. Algeria had been a colony, and Morocco with very close affiliation, Tunisia, and the floodgates opened up, and hundreds of thousands of Jews uh, from these countries came to France. And he made it his, um, this was his calling to be Makar. This was, this was who, who, who was there. How somebody who spoke Yiddish had, was clueless about Sephardi, had no idea how he did it. Like he said, he, in the verdict, they would say, I never asked myself if I can do it. My only question was, should I do it? If I need to do it, then I do it. Can do it is not a question. And his yeshiva began developing. He developed a yeshiva. He developed, uh, uh, so mainly needed a girls' school, needed a koilim. And he would push his talmidim to go and make more moistness. And they would go to different cities and make moistness. On, relentless, 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 on and on and on. Um, just making this wherever was needed. It had, it had no seichel, seichel stopped short way before this, and he continued. 
a picture of what it's like with his shittas. First of all, I mean, in the early years of the school there, the yeshiva there, somebody describes how the question was which bill collector would be visiting the yeshiva that day. It was all on credit, on loans, and it was a constant struggle to, to keep away from the seller's black. It was all, you know, and it survived. Then the government passed some law where a certain percentage, if companies were encouraged to, to have 1% of their profits go to some charity, and overnight he became, he, he got a huge sum of monies, uh, a flow of money, which supported Nevada Constitution and other places as well. And everybody said, aha, uh-huh, you see, Bitahan worked. There was one person that was more and more unhappy with the arrangement, and that was Abgeshin. And he told somebody, you know, it's very nice as money, but there's no Bitahan, there's, there's a lot of <coughs> sense of contentment, of smugness, it's a chur. My says Hashem listened to the Tfilis, and it was, um, it stopped at some point and went back to where it was. But the, the amount of millions and millions and millions of francs that, were, that, that his budget was, was incredible. Somebody wrote a Friedensel's Chodavracha. He was the editor of the, um, the, the Yiddish Vart. This is a goodest publication in Yiddish. Describes the following scene. In the early 60s, on a legal holiday, they needed somebody to open the office. They had this office on 5 Beekman Street. And, uh, and it was my turn. So whatever it is, got up and went to open the office. It was before 8 o'clock. And there's a yid with a suitcase standing by the office building. And he looks at him and says, Gershon, what are you doing here? He said, well, I came for a fundraising trip, two weeks fundraising trip. I'm going to be by uh, Rami Affin. He was the um, son of the Al-Nabadic. He he was he had a base of chief in America and later in Australia and he said so what are you doing here he said well I arrived this morning he didn't take any money for coffee because there's a bunch in the world so somebody at in the flight offered him a ride to the Lower East Side so he said fine he came there he remembered that he, he knows Rabbi Asifinson in that good and the good is about 20 minute walk away so he walked over there so, like I said, but how do you, how do you, like, how do you come out? He says, well, you're here, aren't you? I need $5 for a cab to remember me after. So, and he wouldn't take a penny more. He gave him $5. He said, a loan, a $5 loan. And two weeks later, he paid it back to him. And so Friedensen told him, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect you to give it back. It's $5. He said, no, I took it for a loan, so I can give it back. You want to give it a donation? It's a second thing. But this is it. This is for a person that was running Moistis with millions and millions of francs of dollars uh, in, in, in budget and never lost that Nevardica, um, if it be talking, it be talking. If, 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 you know, can provide a ride, so provide it for me. The, um, his own living, my, my friend told me, it's so different variations of it, but the, my Chava told me, <laughs> that um, his, his apartment was in the yeshiva. It was 
like the you know when you have a staircase, so you know like we have a crawl space type thing. So underneath the staircase, there's a triangular section. He closed it in, and that was his apartment. He had remarried, and that was his apartment. And he's told somebody it's a wonderful apartment because at times you have to bend your head a little bit. It's, it, it comes with built-in achna. And that was that was his life. He 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 never refused to buy anything new, refused to take anything, nothing. Was did not wasn't wasn't nena with a kiosk. Someone writes a description of his. Um, he went with him. They needed money badly. They went to a big fear. This person was a um, this person was a very refined French gentleman. I, I assume he was traditional to some degree because, because um, in fact, they was willing to speak to him. But they walked into an extremely elegant villa with the nicest, you know, paintings and carpet. And person is very, very um, refined, and you know, there. The Gershon looked at it, and it really, really, it, it, every, every part of him. Re, re, rebelled against it. And he began to speak to the Yid about what Olam Haz is, what Olam Hab is, and, and how most Olam Haz is, and, and how a person sells himself, and on and on and on. He, he, he was an Eshel Havim. And this person started sobbing. And the, the, the sobbing and sobbing. And, and, and he was merciless. He got lost into his his whole Levitic, he, he got into it. And, and the person finally went over to his safe, opened up, took the whole, everything he had in the safe, and dumped it at Reb Gershon's, at Reb Gershon's feet. Reb Gershon was lost in a different world. And he opens his eyes, and looks at it, and he says, Feh, sheker sonesiva saiva. Feh. And he ran, he said, this is what you want from me now? And he ran because he lived at Be'emis. He, he was, did, did, he, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a sales talk. It wasn't a chatimza. He was telling somebody about Al-Haz, and now the person gives him a few bundles of cash. I, I told you, and now I'm getting people. And he ran. That was his mitzvah. He, um, the, 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 um, he took into his, my, my friend told me, he took into his moistus. Anybody. He said he would extend himself for a kid that was in the dumps big time. But there was a point at which if he felt his Mazarabim, as big as his Rahmanis was to take him in, he would he would drop him. He he had made a nether that he would never refuse someone. He had made a shwun the camps he'd never refuse someone. But by the same token, he wouldn't um, if somebody if somebody um, was a mazik and he felt he can't keep him, and he would do Merachikim. The, um, he demanded of the Bachrim the same level of Aveda. There was an Avardic. They would go to forests for days without taking any provisions with them. They would, they would, they would practice his Baidatus. They would have intense Vadim, where they would demand of each other, where they would rip themselves to pieces. They, 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 Everything was, you know, extreme. 
with, a, with the fire of the Vardik. My friend told me, he was a very Gishmaka person, he said, this is emis as pure as can be in this world. And if I would have stayed in it longer, I couldn't have been able to, <coughs> to, 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 to take it. He eventually came back and became Magachir, actually. But that was, that was the fire. And he told me, he said, you, there was no, emis is emis all the way. And there's no corners cut. There's no excuses, there's no terutsin, there's no azay, azay, azay. He, Randall's Moistus, and he built an empire of Torah and so on, that was incredible. Everything, anything in, in today in France, and Baruch Hashem, there's much there that's developed, started from that. I want to go through some of the points that he made. How did the war affect his Ashkafa, his understanding of things, and so on? Many times he used it as a marshal. And it's interesting what the marshal was. He, he, he spoke before Elul, and he says, you know what Elul is like? He said, I remember when Vilna, when the Xera came out, that we have to go to the ghetto. It meant that within a few days, 70,000 people would have to find accommodations in this tiny place without any idea what, when, here, and so on and so forth. And, and he said, you can imagine the extraordinary, um, the, the extraordinary pressure there was. What's going to be? How's it? It's going to have to happen. The, 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 the Germans had said, by this day, anyone's not together is going to be shot. Everyone will have to be there. And you'll have to be there. He said, that's all. In a few days, he said, within a month, we're there in Yom Adin. How's it going to work? Ghetto was famous muscle for Elo. That's, that's, that was the muscle. The nimshel was Elo. He spoke about Ben Omer and so on. He said, when we were there in the camps, more important and the food, the thing that was most that was most necessary for life was warmth, because food and drink, but it was freezing. And we'd be huddled together so that we'd be warm. And he said, and it's the first time when I appreciated that the very existence of another person gives me life. He said, Achim Litzara is an achva. The bond that I had with people when we were such massive, I understood for the first time what achva means, what brother means. So I learned from it, brotherhood. He, he, he wondered, he, he, you know, people talk about kashas. He said, his kasha was, how could people remain not from after the war. Luchachma Yaskilu, the whole, the whole, the whole parak in, in, in Azino. I mean, don't you see? Didn't you see a Kaddish Baruch Hu bringing the mighty country with one goal to exterminate Jewish people? Don't you see? All of Azino comes to life. How could a person not believe? He, he's, he had a Tamir. He says, if I study a person, it's possible for a person to not be Zeichel and not to believe. 
so on. How could one one German soldier march a thousand people to the to the gas chambers? Isn't it obvious? There was there's an observation that he made. And I just want to go through it. Only somebody like him could say it, and and it needs. Um, he spoke about Chazal. It says, It says by the Brisbane Absurd that a darkness befell, um, and it brings Chazal say, Shimon var Abba b'shem Yechroma arbat varm heraloi. Hashpokes one of four things: Gehenim and Malchias, Matan Torah beisamigdish. Amalei kozmash v'necha sur mishtayim nitzon mishtayim, and so on. Amalei. So he asked him, "B'mata roitzer sheyirdo panecha begehenim v'malchias." Do you want your children to suffer from gehenim or from malchias? Reb Chanina ba Papa Amar Avram biroloi as a malchias. Avram chose malchias. And uh, one man Yama says he thought of choosing Gehenim, and Akashbrokhu told him Malchus is preferable. So he spoke and he said, So I'm standing there in the gas chambers, in the crematorium, and Avram Avinu sees this, and Avram Avinu chose this for us. Avram Avinu chose this. This is what he chose. This is Malchus. How? How could Avram choose this? So, somebody shallow would answer, yeah, because I study this again, and it's still more, uh, yeah, it's still more suffering. That's, that's us. Gershon spoke through the Vardic. I'll say a marshal to describe what he said, and then I'll say his words. Imagine a person has a choice of two possible things at a very important moment in his life, at his chasna, his wedding. A bucket of paint is going to fall down and get his suit totally blue paint all over his suit. Or it could fall on his forehead and make a scar. So a person would say, a suit is a suit. It's very uncomfortable, very unpleasant to, to be in that situation. But the suit's not me. Throw it out the garbage, get another suit sometime. A scar is a scar. It's me. It's in my body, and that's me. Gehenim is a pagam in the atzmias of a person. Malchias is on the levush, on the guf. The Gehenim is something means that the Pagam and Kalayisrael was somewhere in the Nefesh. And that's what he said. Avram chose the, the body with the, with, with the Gershon's crushed body and pulverized body. It's a suit. So Avada, okay, Kapara suit. But it's not me. That's me. The only person that could say it if somebody lived it, and who lived it. Somebody who went through that Gehenim, and somebody who lived that way each moment of his life. 
That's the only person that can say it. And it's only his story that can say it over. To understand that Malchus means this. It means the Gehenim of, 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 of Auschwitz is a Gehenim on the Guf Yisrael. And the Guf Yisrael is the Guf, not the Nefesh. That's how he understood it. He spoke, it says by, uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Vayirat Moshe Vayikrit Atzav Yishtachu. It says, Chazal Maror, why did he, why did, it was, it was over there by the, by Hashem, Tom Hashem, Keler, Chapai, and so on. It says, Vayirat Moshe Vayikrit Atzav Yishtachu. So he said, Rebchanino Bagamliel, Rebchanino Bagamliel, Shiroh Erech Hapayim. He saw Erech Hapayim. The, the Erech Hapayim that he saw was what made him be Mishtachach Baruch But Gershon said, we don't bow for Erech Hapayim because we don't live with Erech Hapayim. We live with Vatronis. The reason why we think things are good is because, yeah, we're okay, we're decent people, and Kachbaruch is nice, and things are good, and that's that. That's why we have no sense of being moida on Erech Hapayim. If a person were to understand Midas Hadin, and understand the Tvi'is Neiros on a person, and understand what a person is, and how accountable he is, and then a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Erech Hapayim, a person would be Vayikod Atzavishtachim. But we don't understand. We don't know what Erech Hapayim is because we don't know what Din is. He said, he added by um, the, um, to what he said before about the difference of Avram Avinu choosing this. He said, he added another Knech. And he said, had Avram Avinu chosen Gehenim, he would not be an Ivri. An Ivri means I'm completely different than everybody else. I'm different than all Masailam. All Umasailam, they, they they would choose Avada because by them the goof is themselves. It's because the, the what the title of Ivri, Tavron, is because of that. He said one more thing, which I guess in a way as sort of embodies what his um, how he survived and what he did and so on. He says, it's based on Chazal also, it says, lechem lechem So it says, Bishus hineni shalavrom, Because of the hineni of Avram, he would they were zeichet to the hineni mamtchem he said, the word hineni means, hine ani, I'm offering you myself on a platter to you. Everything that we think of self, everything of me, my existence, my covet, my, 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 my pain, my pleasure, hineni. When a person offers himself, they called it, the Vatican coin was his masrus. Then of course he named him Chem Lechem Neshvayim. Then, if our Metzia is a full Hakadosh Baruch Hu, he named him Mamtel Chem Lechem means I'm here to serve you. Of course, my Malachim get from me straight because they're here for me. And that was how he lived it. 
he lived the Hineni. There was nothing. No pain, no pleasure, no, 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 nothing. All of it was Hineni. And that's where the Bittachon comes from. Again, when people, when people live their own life and they expect the Gashbrach to supply them, that's not Bittachon. It's Grabkeit. Excuse me. It's when a person says, I'm Kolkulay. I'm Kolkulay Masa Kadosh And there's nothing else in my life but a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Then, of course, a Kadosh Baruch supplies. I'm Ashlikus. Those were some of the things that he spoke about. About the about the, uh, the war and so on and so forth. One more story. He had his room. The, I, I believe, if I'm saying correctly, the cloud was that you could always um, you could always walk into his room if the door was open. In other words, if it wasn't locked, then why not? My friend told me one of the things that he found. The one way to describe regression was. He never flinched. He said he, he would read a newspaper. He had time set aside. He would read the Modia from Israel. He would get like a, a, a big batch of them. He would read them. And whatever time set aside, if you walked into the room and he was reading a Modia, there, there was no involuntary flick. It's Pashit. Akash was here. If, if it's the right thing not to read the Modia, so Yankel the Talmud walked in, I don't feel comfortable. And Rabbi Shalom is here, I do feel comfortable. Obviously, the terrorist is, I think this is, it, it, this is what I'm supposed to do now. So, so he said, never ever flinched. He said he would dive mincha sometimes if he, had to, if he was stuck in the, in the Grand Central Station in France, in Paris. And there would be, uh, um, he would stand dav mincha in the middle. And he really, really couldn't care very much what people thought about it. Really didn't bother him at all. The, um, so one day, somebody, one Friday, somebody walked into his room. It was a t- it, and the door was not meant to be open, but it was open. And Reb Gershon was lying on the floor with a white sheet over him and candles around him. He had a kvias every week of Yiskala Yema Misa. And this was time of grace. He usually he locked the door. He'd forgotten to lock the door. And the person walked in. So we'll ask ourselves, somebody who went through the Shiva Madur Gehenim of the war and lived a life like that, what does he need Yisko Yemamisa for? I mean, he also needs Yisko Yemamisa. We, Baruch Hashem, we live a pampered life and so on and so forth. So it's good that occasionally we remind ourselves it's not forever and so on. Somebody who went through everything, he needs Yisko Yemamisa. And someone asked that question, never step foot in the variety. A person, the Sahara is there every minute. And two days after you leave the camps, you already, the steak is not done well enough. They called you Hagoyin Arab instead of Arab Hagoyin. Uh, this guy got a kid before you. A person forgets and forgets. And there is nothing in the world that a person can do that, that will, will be a, a, a final sealant against the Sahara. So long as a person is awake, he needs to work on himself actively to, 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 um, to keep Yitzhara out. And Reb Gershon, after all the Gehenna went through, and after the life he was living, 
felt he needed every week to remind himself, say for Adam Lomus, came off out of Allah Tashif. I have a thought, Avar Gosher, about something about the, the person. The um, it, a popular a popular description of of um, of the of the of the camps was it was a different planet, a different world. It was an unreal world, and so on. Umara says that Rabbi Yosef, very sure, Levi got very sick. He was. Like, like for a while in the other world, they came back. Amle Avur's father asked him, My chazis, what did you see there? Amle I saw an upside down world, a topsy turvy world. I saw a yonim lamata and tachtem lamala. Amle told him, Beni, Oilam bar raisa, you saw a clear world. Vanan hosam, hechi hosam, how are we in that world? As we are here with there. I would like thinking into Reb Gershon. The war years was the Olam Isi. We walk around this world and we think we have a Cheskes Chai. Of course, living, we'll live. Medicine, this, that. You know, we're hit, we're good. The, that's an oilam hafel. An oilam emes is that unless a Kaddish Baruch Hu is goyzechayim, a person doesn't live. And the place where you saw that is in the camps. Beheref ayin, you didn't exist. And if you existed, there's a reason for it. Somebody who walked in Germany in the 20s saw a beautiful world. Heflichkeit, people were very, very civil, very well-mannered. Kant, Schiller, Goethe, Beethoven Bach, beauty, intelligence, intellect, eloquence. Very, very beautiful world. If a person, pardon, if a person sees a caucus, it's disgusting. But if a person, somebody takes a caucus and dows it with perfume and puts makeup on it, 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 it really is, is um, nauseating, much more. You see it as it is one thing. The German of 1943 was the Emmes, the same Chaya But he was dressed, he was doused with perfume. He, he walked around, he was Heflech and, yeah, and this and that. That's the real world. Take away the perfume, and this is what it looks like. People wondered how could it be. Of course, this is where, where should it be different? So the difference is he didn't even the Ishti, just killed. If there's no Yerusalakim, where are they going to get it from? That's the Emmis. For three, four years, he lived with Emmis, and nothing counted over there. You had no titles, you had no no covered, you 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 nothing. This was 
Adam Bamitasai. And it, it may have been very, very brutal, but it was an emissary world. And only people like Reb Gershon was Kihechad and Anhosam and Anhocha. The same Reb Gershon, here and there and afterwards, one and the same. His moistus lived afterwards, but the Vardic didn't. His moistus, a wonderful moistus, Bekar, Yidin, Shivas, everything wonderful, but that fire of the Vardic didn't stay on. It says Rav Shimei when he left the Meyer the first time, wherever he saw somebody doing something mundane, he looked at him very crum and burned told him go back to your Myra, you can't keep the world like this, and came back a second time, that was Nihale. It wasn't the Pshat that it was a Havamina and a Maskana. Without the first going out and being maimed a certain emis, they couldn't then 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 the person doing mundane things talking would be a sheker. It's only when you have the crystal clear fire of emis lamita that you don't need $5 in your pocket to get a cap. Because if there's a rebellion, if you believe in it, then, then you're doing your shlokom. And then there'll be somebody there. Then the rebellion is going to be waiting for you. If, if a talus is laying there, then, then you, you do your piece. There shouldn't be kochamai, even if it means you're beaten to a pulp. If a person is somebody who's on top of his taivis, even if you starve to death, you leave over peace. That's emis. And the world needs that light of emis. The world can't survive. The world can't keep with that light. That's an aragonis. That loss of love will be here. But if we didn't see that light, if we hadn't seen that light, then we wouldn't have, then, then what we do would be resting not on emis. It's when you misbeinen on the life of a person that emis knew no compromise. And as the altar left in Savoir, fight until the end for Emis. Emis and Shittas Nashkafis, Emis and Derech Achayim, Emis and the person's Nefesh versus his Guf, Emis in every possible. Then a person, then what you build, maybe is built on good desires. One more Agasha. We must explain in every year and understand what we're missing. You're hearing a story from me. I saw a person maybe didn't see this fire. I maybe can connect better to it. This was a world that lived. And it's part of the churbim of that world is the world, the base medrash, that was the Vatican, is gone. I had another, something else was very moved. Two years ago, we spoke about Rav Yosef Kalbach. Hard to imagine two people more opposite, and yet each one is an Amudid and a Haira. Kadesh was Asit to make a Mechayl for Tzadik, and each one will stand pointing to Kadesh 
from his point, two tzaddikim could be at the opposite ends of the circle. And both are equidistant HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kisvei HaKodesh has a shirashirim and has a kohelis. How's shirashirim the song of love HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The Esa Zamir sit together with Mashahoya Mashahiya and 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 uh, everything is 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 is, is worthless. Avela Volim. How does it sit together in Kisar Kodesh? Teretz is because the Rebbeinu Shalom is mark of everything. Understanding what Rebbeinu Shalom is means we understand the whole picture. We don't have the Koyach to learn in one sitting Eicha and Koyhalas and Shashir. But that's what existed. There was a world not long ago when you had towering figures who represented Batimidrashim, each one with their own particular Sefer, each one with their own particular Godless Hanefesh, that we, that, that we even talking about it sounds like a fairy tale. Asher Ayin Rasa Zeis. The Mishma's name of Dovan Afshin. 